chapter one with me right out the gate. I'm going to preach three chapters in Acts. No, just two. That's two is enough. But um, I felt prompted to, well, this will be officially a, the beginning of a series. We'll see how long I last with my prophetic ADHD. So come on. I'm, I'm only kidding. You guys, listen, if God says preach something else, I have liberty to, right? So I'm just saying that because what happens is sometimes something will come across my, my sensories and I will be like, okay, we got to go this way. But I'm going to try and stay on track because there's plenty, look, it, there's plenty in the book of Acts. But we will start here and I hope I do it justice. I don't know what the Lord's going to do today. But I trust he's going to do you well. All right? How many know that we need the Holy Spirit? And if, if we take a big look, an overview of the whole book of Acts, um, some of the authors of certain versions call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. The other call it the Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Church. And so... Everything that we see in the book of Acts is because of these first two chapters, and then it's game on, okay? And so I wanted to just start here because really, in my heart of hearts, um, and I've getting good, and, and it's good to see, we've got new people, we're missing a lot of people today, Holy, Holy Ghost Super Bowl is happening here, so I'm just telling you. When you watch it online later, just remember, you missed it. No. But I really feel like the Spirit of God has been just prompting me. Just We want to go for a little bit of a deep dive into the book of Acts. because And I listen, you're all in here. And this is a charismatic Pentecostal church. How many know where you are? Yes. Okay, just making sure. And really, what does charismatic mean? It's not because we're flamboyant. It's not because we're loud. It's not because of any of those things. Charismatic or charismata is speaking of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit come from one person, the Holy Spirit. And so as Pentecostals or classic Pentecostals, which I grew up in early parts of my faith at Zion Bible Institute, which was an awesome place to go to school. The Spirit of God would move in our classrooms, would move in our chapels, and let it be once again at the North Point Bible College. But I, I really feel like I tasted Pentecost a little bit, but I know that there's a lot more for all of us in this room. And so I, as I just, I'm going to only, I'm going to bounce around a little, and I, I want you to just try and stay on track with me, but there are things that the Holy Spirit wants us to really pay attention to, because we would not be here now had it not be been for the Holy Spirit. And so as I speak about the Holy Spirit, when I'm talking about a second baptism in the Holy Spirit, come on, uh, first of all, you're all going to pray for me this week. Right? I'm, I'm traveling. 
going to Mississippi. I'm going to do a Holy Spirit school. So I didn't do this for that. Just ended up being on track for that. And believe me, I've got enough messages on the Holy Spirit to last us a lifetime. So I don't need to find any material. But the ho- I feel like I want you to pray that God does miracles, signs, and wonders. Not just there. Stop. I want, we want this place to be the place where God begins to just flow in the miraculous. Amen? We've, we've seen things. You know, I've seen things in the nations. I've seen things in this place. We've seen manifestations of feathers and diamonds and all kinds of wild stuff. You all right still? Okay, everyone should be all right with that. Because God, when he does signs and wonders, he releases things from heaven. And when we create a heavenly atmosphere, what, guess who shows up? That which is in heaven. And so if, if, the, if the angels of the Lord are in the room, there may be feathers. Yeah, it's still there. There's one on top of the drum kit. I didn't put it there. Well, I put it there. It came into the room. I just put it on top of the next drums because we want the sound of heaven in this place. Amen? Amen. That's just one, okay? And it's not about the feathers. It's not about the manifestation. But God, listen, how many give him freedom to do what he wants to do? And I really want to see the Lord have freedom in this place. As a matter of fact, you're stuck with me. So he's going to have freedom to do what he wants to do according to the Bible. And guess what? There's a lot of things in Revelation chapter Never mind, chapter all the way, okay? There's a lot of things in the book of Revelation that John experienced. (laughs) All right, I'll try and get to my notes. Did I say go to Acts chapter 1? I'm going to start in Luke 24, but that's okay. Just stay there. One verse I'm going to read. All right, It it says this. It's Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so everyone in this room, you know, we're familiar with the book of Acts. We're familiar with the Holy Spirit, but I have a feeling that we're not familiar enough with the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, he's got so much more that he wants to do and he wants to reveal to you. And we want to just position ourselves as a church body to see God explode. Everyone say with me, explode. Explode. See, when power comes from on high, there's an explosion. There's an encounter where heaven comes to earth and bursts forth. And so that's what we're believing for, even in the series. I'm believing that God's going to increase his presence. So we want to step into where God says, behold, I send the promise of the Father. Now, again, they're having this conversation. And they're like, no, this isn't good news because you're leaving. But the Lord wants us to understand that we are better off without him here because he gets to live right in here. And what I'm not saying today, ready, what I'm not saying today is that this second baptism, I'll call it a second baptism, because I believe when you see, receive Jesus Christ, you receive 
the, the Lord, you repent of your sins, right? Everyone in this room who's saved and, and, and a blood-bought child, you've repented of your sins and you were baptized, hopefully, in water. And God did something. He brought you up from death to life, resurrection life. And so that's salvation for you. You repented. You gave him lordship. Everyone say lordship. Some of us say, oh, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm a, I believe. I, I love the Lord. But you don't give him lordship over your life. And I don't question whether you love the Lord. I question whether we give him lordship. Because you cannot serve two masters. And so the Spirit of God is wanting us to enter into this fresh baptism. And how many know in the book of Acts, oh boy, I picked a, just in baptism of the Holy Spirit is just tough, okay? So this is probably going to go over into next week because there's no way I'm going to get through all this. But there, there is, there is, we get this, we get this impartation. It comes from on high. And in Acts 1 and verse 4, uh, let's not go there yet. Hold on. Hold on. All right, let's just go to, just go right to the beginning. 1-1, Acts 1-1. So here, you had Luke 24, and how many know Luke is the author of Acts? So the same person who wrote the book of Luke wrote the book of Acts. That's why he's saying this. He said, oh, former... The, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to both do and teach. How many know Jesus would do stuff before he taught the, anything? Like this is how it's like show and tell. Yes. Do you understand? Yes. This is the gospel of the kingdom. I See, here's what I'm going to try and do. So for all of you that are like experts... I'm going to dumb some things down. I don't mean that in a facetious way. I mean, so I, as a pastor and as a preacher, as an evangelist, as a prophet, as whoever you want, however you want to label me, I sometimes think that people know more than, than, than they do. Preachers do it all the time, right? So I'm just going to kind of go back, and we're going to get some very basic things straightened out so that the Holy Spirit can come in. And I want you to have fresh eyes on the book because we can read, I don't, some, I, some of you don't even read Acts 1 and 2 anymore. I don't need that, I already got that. No, you need to read it again. All right, all right, all right. So Jesus, and Lord, I ask that you teach us how to do do all the things that you do and teach the things that you teach. Because here we go, ready? He says, until the day in which he was taken up and after, through, and the day he was taken up, read this, and after he, through the Holy Spirit, what's that? Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, See, this is so powerful, and this is what we need to understand, and I'm not really going to get really far at all today, I can tell. I'm having every word. Listen, when Jesus was on the earth, he gave us a perfect picture of humanity filled with 100% of God. Yes. Except everyone in here, ready? I'm going to snap you out of dualism. What is dualism? 
dualism means that you fight with darkness and light all the time. Like you, you, this soul of yours begins to just take over and, and you got to get the Holy Spirit into the soul, which you do. But I'm gonna, you got to break the thinking of it's this and that or God is equal with the devil. You, we need to break this thinking. We need to, we need to understand that it's not two. You're not fighting to get one place. God has already given you a free gift. And the gift is the Holy Spirit in your life. But some of you haven't experienced a second baptism, or you may have, but you need another one. It's okay to double dip. It's okay to triple dip. It's okay to dip and dip and dip and dip. As a matter of fact, God wants you really soaking, marinated, all messed up from the Holy Ghost. Guess what? It's better to walk through life full with the Spirit, drunk in the Spirit, Listen, if you heard Heidi Baker's testimony, she was drunk for like 30 days. Uh, She couldn't function. Like they had to drag her around. Because the power of God was so saturated on her life. And look at what she's done. Look at what God used her to do. But it's not her, right? It's the Holy Ghost. And so here's where we got to go. God wants to do through you, but he wants you to experience the baptismo. He wants you to be marinated in the ghost. Which is just the same. See, what we don't understand is that God can't do his work in the earth unless he fills you. Because you're the first piece of earth that needs God. And then you bring the rest of what you have to other people. And so here we go. So it says this. It says that that he, through the Holy Spirit, has given commandments to the apostles. Listen, it's a commandment. To do what? Go and wait. Actually, the message I'm going to talk about today is called Tarry Until. The Lord wants us to tarry until. Oh, are you with with me? We're not doing to get because here's what I said before. The Holy Spirit is free. It's like one of my, one of my, I always say this, but it's like one of my, one of my mentors used to say, he said, it's like shoes. It comes with tongues. You know, they just come with the, it comes with the shoes, Right? And so if you haven't had your language yet, listen, and the Bible is clear, really. The Bible says that they they all spoke in other tongues. But if we look at the scriptures, right, we see it says they were speaking in other languages that were understood by people that were in the city that day. And so here we go. Ready? I'm going to mess with some cessationists right now. And and how many know what a cessationist is? How many do not? Okay, just in, just in simplicity, it is people that believe that the gifts and the Holy Spirit died when the last apostles did. All right? But through Scripture, you can't prove that. Because after Paul, after Paul was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and all these apostles were traveling all over the place, they said, where are you... Did you receive salvation, but were you baptized? Well, who were they talking about? They weren't talking about the other apostles. All the apostles had the Holy Spirit already. 
Why? Because they were in the upper room with the 120. Oops, they weren't all apostles either. Okay, so we just have to take down some framework and then we'll rebuild. Because it won't ever, like, we can always think in our minds, okay, this is God, this isn't God, this is God. And listen, cessationists don't believe in healing. They, they think that tongues are of the devil. Certain people. I won't name denominations, okay? I'll be good. But the reality is, God wants you to speak in tongues. Paul said, I I'll speak in tongues more than any one of you. And so what I'm saying is, we're going to get in a posture tonight to receive a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now that can come by laying on of hands. But what I'd like to see, the Lord hit this place with fire. And you don't have to lay hands on anyone. That there's miracles that manifest because of just the fire of God and the fire of his presence. And so God so loved the world that he gave the Holy Ghost. God so loved the world that he wanted you to be so filled with himself. Acts 1. Oh, I can't even go there. Stop. Go back to your Bible again. So he commanded the apostles to go, right? It says, to whom he also presented himself after, presented himself alive after suffering by many infall infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now those are the reels that I want to see. Are you hearing me? Those are, that's what I want to see. When I go to heaven, I'm like, I want to see that first. Can I see that first? What did it look like when Jesus was on the earth after he's resurrected? This, isn't, this is after he's been resurrected. He comes alive. You remember Walks into the room, scares everyone half to death, and says, peace be with you. Yeah. Walk through the wall. Like, I don't know how. I don't feel peace on that. Like, I don't feel peace. I feel awe, and I feel wonder. And so this, guys, have you read your Bible? Because it does say that. That you walk through the wall. Okay, but now he's alive and he's teaching them what? Things pertaining to the kingdom. And in that, he commands them, now you're going to go and wait. You're going to go to this place. Acts 1, chapter 4. Here we go. We're going to go, right? That was all in, I'm, in, I'm on the second part of my notes. Second verse in my notes. Okay. Said in the, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them to depart from Jerusalem. And there's that word, but to, or not to, sorry. Commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. There's tarry and there's wait. For the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. John truly baptized you with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He seemed to leave out the fire part. I realize that as I'm reading that. I'm like, did Luke, Luke included fire? In the first time that he spoke about John the Baptist, 
and I'm ringing. And then he said, he said, therefore, when they had come together, he asked them, when, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons, but which the Father has put in, which the Father has put in his own authority. Verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. Be witness to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and in Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. And so that word, wait and tarry, it's beautiful. It's to be in a settled place. It's to wait. It's to be in a, a, a position remaining situated and standing still and waiting. A posture, ready? And to be endued with power, because that's what he's about to do. He's about to endue you with power tonight. Now this is what we're going to do. Why, my whole reason for doing this, ready? Is because we have to, we need a recharge. And when you're feeling a little down low, you feel the batteries low, you get before the Lord and say, I need a fresh infilling. And guess what? You can go back as many times as you want. You are not a Tesla. You don't have to wait. Well, Teslas sometimes have to wait for something, you know, 10 hours. Sometimes it's a long charge, right? I believe that the Holy Spirit can hit you with the lightnings of God and you'll be refreshed and recharged in a moment. And this is what you need. This is what I need. Because we get weary in life. We get weary in our witness. We get weary in, in the things of this world. And God has given you the Holy Spirit so that you walk as an overcomer. He's given it to you so you, he's given you the, the person of himself so that you can be a witness to Jerusalem, Judea, and everywhere else. Amen? And so the whole reason for the power of God was to empower the church to do their mission. It wasn't to be highfalutin show-offs and use the gifts and, and, and not walk in integrity. Because someone will comment and say, well, we need to walk in integrity. Yes, we do. That should be given. All right, God wants, listen, watch what happens when he comes to a, a generation that's pure and walking with, with no guile. Watch what happens when he comes to a, a people who are given completely over and are walking with integrity and purpose. I'm telling you. And so the spirit of, and listen, the enemy is looking to knock people out and down. And so he's looking for us, for people all around who are filled with the spirit of God to, to crumble and cave. Hello? He, he, he goes around like a roaring lion. Seeking who he can devour. He's looking to devour. But when you're endued with power on high, you have the spirit of the overcomer inside of you. Now, Jesus gave you that at salvation, I believe, to a degree. To a degree. But I believe there's an infilling, a fresh infilling. It's the, the Holy Spirit and power that comes to us, that empowers us to walk with the fullness of God's power. Amen. Amen. So this thing is crazy. So we wait on the Lord means to literally stay. Come on, Americans. Just don't move. 
Don't move for three hours. See, I find it, it's probably t more taxing for us as a culture than some of the, you know, Middle Eastern cultures, some of the other cultures that are just kind of more low-key, you know? And I'm telling you, we want to move all the time, and our minds are going, and of course, we've got phones, and we've got everything that can distract us from just waiting on the Lord. You're just flicking through reels, just burning time. No, I do it. I can burn a half an hour just watching reels, stupid reels. They don't edify me. Come on, somebody. Just scrolling. My brain's not, my brain's just going. It's like flickering. Because it stimulates the generation, really. No, no, this is a problem right now. This is a major problem. And so if we could just take these things, and even in a meeting when we're all together, like in church, throw the thing away. Shut it off. I need my Bible. No, bring a paper Bible. Bring a notebook. I know, I'm getting old school about it. But I'm telling you, I know, I got my iPad. I'm using my notes. I get it. But... We've got technology, but what happens is i got to answer this text now. And you're trying, to do, you're trying to engage with God. Okay? And the Holy Spirit, listen, and, and media is wonderful and it does amazing things, both good and horrific. Okay? And God wants to use it to do good and to, to blow us up and into good things and, and to touch, you know, it's a massive, as I was talking with Mark last night, it's a net. God wants to use it, the internet, as a net to cast vision and to cast, to, to touch people. And we want to do that and we do it. Amen. But I'm saying this, God literally wants us to stay. And how's our waiting time on the Lord? Because he doesn't, listen, hmm. He doesn't want us to be multitasking with him. All right? I'll just be plain. He doesn't want us to multitask with him. He wants all of you. He wants you fully present. And so this whole thing about koinonia and all that stuff, he wants you fully present. I promise you, he wants, he wants to build community. We have, a, we have a hard time connecting with one another because we've got all these things that distract us from connecting. I wasn't going to go here, but that's all right. The Spirit of God wants us to connect in a real way. And, and he wants to do that. So that whole thing, but he wants to endue you. He wants to clothe you. That literally means, endue means clothe you with power. So let's just look at that for a minute. I'm going to give you a few scriptures, but he wants, it literally means to dress yourself. So what does it look like when the Holy Spirit dresses you? No, that's the literal meaning. That's what it looks like. Because if, you know, God wants you to be in the array of God. That's why Isaiah tells us that the glory that's going to be on us should attract kings. It should be a, a light to the nations. That's because the glory of God is looking to come on a people in such a powerful way that we, we're just glowing. Let it be unto you according to your faith. Do you glow with the presence of God? My wife, my bride, she's talking about the joy of the Lord. Like, it's good. It's all right to be happy in church. 
Like we should be happy. It's not a, you know, Jesus already died and rose again. We can be happy. It's not, it's, we're, not a, we're not at the cemetery. Okay? And the, and the Lord wants us to be in this place. He wants us to rage. So, so Galatians 3 and, and 26 says this. says, you're all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. As many as you were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So this is what it's literally talking about. It's talking about an array of his splendor on your life. Talking about you being a new creation, right? That's a new creation right there. It's you're a new creature. How many know you're a new crinoth? Because really that's what the word is, crinoth. It's your kainos life walks with Jesus. And so when you're a new creature, that means you've been brand new. You're brand new. You're not old, put back together, try to tie some things, try to put some fillers in, try to do whatever, you know? The Holy Spirit wants us to live in this place, okay? So you're a new creation. You're walking with the nature of Christ. That's Romans 13, 11. It says, and do this knowing the time, <laughs> that it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than we first believed. Why? That's talking about the return of the Lord Jesus. And just get buckled in. I'm having thoughts and I won't do I won't go there. I don't need to go there today. And the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Everyone say the day is at hand. The day is at hand. That means the coming of the Lord is already at hand. That means the all the stuff, all the crazy you saw on on, on TV this week. No, no one knows anything about media this week. Yeah, right. Which one is the is Yeah. The Grammys and all the, all the trash. Anyway, we won't go there because it doesn't edify the Lord. I'm just saying, all these things have to happen before the return of the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus is wanting us to be prepared for his return. And don't think you're getting an early ejection seat. No. You're along for the ride. I'll preach over here, okay? I won't look at these people. Because God, you're going for the distance. And so people just get, you got to be ready. God wants the readiness of God of, on his people. Because we've had a pre-rapture. I'm going there, I'm going there. I wasn't going to go there. We have a pre-rapture mindset that only started 300 years ago. Do you know that? Hmm. That's got to do with the apostles' doctrine. But we'll fix that later because it's, in, in, it's at the end of chapter 2 and I can't even get there today. I'm telling you, the body of Christ needs to be ready to buckle in and get ready. And that means you need to be clothed with power here. Yes. That means that all, all the things that are going to be spit out of hell, come on, we're the answer to. Yes. And so all the things that are coming against 
in media and all these things, in government, all these things, and I don't believe, here's what I don't believe. I don't believe that all of a sudden we're gonna transform the earth and the Lord will, will come back and just kind of settle in. No, 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 no. I believe it's gonna get real bad. I believe there's gonna be a massive harvest and you're gonna be in the middle of it. And then the Lord shall return in the twinkling of an eye with the blast of a trumpet. And then he's here to take up his bride out of here. And then the earth will be renewed. And we're going to have a good time. All right? So uh, I didn't mean to go there. But anyway, we need the nature of Christ. So that's talking about high time, but not being asleep. We have to be awake. Everyone say, I'm awake. I'm awake. I know, no one's sleeping in the building. But I just want you to walk in, in, in an uprightness, like I'm alert. Because Peter says this. He says, you have to be sober and alert in these times. And they thought it was their time back then. And so as, as believers now, we have to be in a, a, a spot, in a posture that I'm like, God, I'm ready for you to come. You need to fill me with the love and the presence of God so that I beam forth and I can overcome anything that comes against me. Anything that comes against my family, my church, my body, any, any of the stuff, any of the region, anything in the region, we should be gatekeepers to the region. Should be gatekeepers to the state. Gatekeepers to America. Do you understand what I'm saying? And what has happened is the church has taken their hands off of all that. And so therefore, we, we watered down the gospel. We, we've kind of toned down, don't have to get crazy. You don't need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. No, I promise you, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not, it's to prepare you. It's to keep you ready. Everyone say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Readiness is necessary in this hour. Can't even get through the scripture here. So the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Thus, uh, therefore, it says, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on what? The armor of light. And what is, how, does he feel, how does he put the armor of light on you? The Holy Ghost and power. The Bible says in Acts chapter 10 when, when there's a, you know, it says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all. And this is the mission of everyone in this room. You're like, no, I'm, I'm telling you, this is the mission of everyone in this room. That you go about doing good, healing everybody. Look at me. It's not you. It's God. But he's looking for a yielded people, right, that will walk in that way. The Holy Spirit in power. Let us walk, what? Properly. As in the day. Not in revelry or in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh and the fulfilling of its lusts. This goes back to that thing, right? Paul was trying to eradicate because Gnosticism was coming into the church. Listen to me. And it was a mindset that all these things are evil and all these things are good. And what, what God wants to do is he wants to take the Holy Spirit coming at you live, hit your, hit your spirit man into your soul so that you walk in oneness. The problem is we don't give our souls over to the Lord. I don't care if you're born again in this place. What we do is we struggle with giving the Lord the fullness of our soul and giving him control of our soul. 
You hear me? That doesn't mean you don't go to heaven. Doesn't mean we're not blood bought. It means that there's two, there's a war that Paul talked about. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that duality is going to cease because I get filled with the power in the Holy Spirit. The glory that's within me begins to overtake any area of it, and it reflects in my flesh. Because who's in charge of your flesh? Your soul? Or is it the spirit? Or is your soul now sanctified and covered because of your, your, your soul, the, the overshadowing of the spirit on your soul has totally eradicated you and you're walking in the fullness of God? Because really the maturity in Ephesians chapter 4, oh, where I'm getting stuff tonight. Listen, the Ephesians chapter 4 thing about the, the, the body of Christ being mature into the fullness is what God is talking about, this duality going away. Because oneness with Christ is we're walking in fullness and we're not walking partially. We might, we might you know, we're hit or miss on people getting healed, all these things. Here, my whole, my sole reason is because, listen, for this whole thing is I want to see this church. I want to see the region. I want to see America, the church in America, rise up. And it has to be, ready? So it has to be so that we walk in the fullness of his power. And you say, well, I want that. But are you pressing into it? Are you tarrying till it comes? Are we waiting on the Lord? Are we waiting? No, we need something to stimulate us. Come on. We get stuck because we're always looking for stimulation. Right? We're always looking for something. So... So you put on what? The Lord Jesus Christ. That means your life is hidden in him. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? So that the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit clothes me. So I walk with the nature of Christ. The Holy Spirit comes into me so that my inner man becomes sanctified and washed. The Holy Spirit comes into me and re, just completely renews me. The Holy Spirit comes into my mind so that I have a renewed mind. I don't have a mind that is back and forth that God loves me one day, he loves me not the next day. He loves me, he loves me not. No, no, no. It's a sanctification and the renewal of the mind that is so important for you to get to the rest of it that I'm telling you, he says, go and give your body as a living sacrifice. That means my life is completely yielded and Paul had no other way to put it. He said, just, be a, just go on the altar. I'll lay down. Go on the altar and lay yourself down before me and allow my life to just the fire because the picture of the altar is like this. Here's what happened. In the Holy of Holies, in the holy place, right? The, the altar was put there. And what happened with Elijah and the, and the prophets of Baal? Fire. The Holy Spirit came with fire. All right? And so this is what, even in the tabernacle, right, this is what he did. They put the altar and they burnt it. So Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22. This is renewing. So we talked new creation. I'm walking in the nature of Christ. This is all being clothed in the power of God, right? 
having a renewed mind that you put off what concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to its deceitful lust. Listen, deceitful lust. It wouldn't be just lust, deceitful. Why? Because the serpent is still whispering. The serpent is still whispering and trying to get you to do things that you're not, you weren't created to do in Christ. And I'm not even talking about lewdness or any of these other things. I'm talking about compromises that we make every day, all the time, and we shut Jesus out because we make a decision towards the tree of knowledge instead of the tree of life. Are you hearing me? And so, to, what was it for? We, we don't want that, so we want to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Everyone say, my mind. My mind. You take control of your mind. No one else has control of your mind unless you give control to someone else. Unless you open an eye gate, unless you open, I wasn't going to get into all this stuff. Unless you open an eye gate, unless you open your ears, unless you just begin to give yourself over to those things. And some of us, we're just waiting for something else to come to the eye gate. To the ear gate. Whatever. I don't even talk about intaking like what in your body. We do it every day. Eating poisons. Things that they make and put on food shelves. I'm just saying. That you what? Put on the new man, which was created according to God. See? See? You were created according to his image and likeness. See, you were, you were already created according to his nature. Right? So tree of life or tree of knowledge? See, because the Greek mindset, right, which is what we really run by, the Greek, it's all knowledge. Like knowledge puffs up. Like I feel smart. Like I read that all the time and I know it. Like I know all, the, all my Bible verses and I know them, but God's saying, no, I'm coming with a new way, a new and living way for you to walk in. I'm coming in a new way so that the Holy Spirit can take complete control yes. of your life. In true righteousness. There we go, I finished it. Ready? Because you are already created in righteousness and holiness. Because if I'm living with the, with the new nature, which Jesus gave me, do you know he gave it to you at, at create, at, at when you were recreated, when you gave yourself into new birth? How can a man be born again? It's because you're born of the spirit and you're not born of water. You're not born of your mother's womb again. You're born of God. So if you're born of God, you walk with the nature of God. If you're born of God, you walk with the, the holiness and true righteousness that Jesus already gave you. This is actually identity stuff that is basic, that we need to walk in. But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit, when he comes and he hits you, I'm telling you, he, you just want to get hit by him. Just get in the way and he'll come and get you. Just step in front of it and he'll get you. Just, you got to be, but we, some of us are afraid to lose control. And God wants control, and we're afraid to give control. 
So he's renewed our minds, and he's given us a new character. Colossians 3, verse 12 through 15. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved. See again. As the elect of God. He's already, Paul's already loved talking here. Listen, you've already received it. The elect of God, holy and beloved. Put on. Put on what? Tender mercies. Put on kindness. Put on humility. Put on long-suffering. Put on meekness. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another. Oh, let's stop right there. Because we continue to have, like, you don't look at... You can look at anyone in this room. You shouldn't have aught with anyone. Shouldn't have aught with anyone. Anyone even outside of this room. Ready? Because God has called you to walk and put on what tender mercies, loving, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Therefore, we don't discern the Lord's body. Because if we're, if we're holding stuff towards people, I don't care if it's leaders, I don't care if it's your, your brothers, your sisters, I don't care if it's your parents, I don't care if it's your great-grandmother that died 200 years ago. No, seriously, because what we do is we hold on to stuff and it breeds sickness in our body. It breeds corruption. So God, in the new nature, in the new character that he's given you, I haven't even talked about a baptism yet. This is just basic stuff that the Lord wants to take care of in us, right? Just as he forgave you, you must do. You must also do it. It's not an option. As far as Paul's concerned, it's just the way it is. Because it's scripture, and if I obey scripture and I'm listening to the Lord, and I'm listening to his commandments. The Bible says, if I, if, I, if, I don't listen, if I don't do his commandments, I don't love him. The Lord said it, I didn't. If I don't love him, I don't love him because I do certain things. Yeah. Because I'm not doing the things that he called me to. Right? Forgiveness is a biggie, yes. big one, big one that blocks the Holy Spirit from moving in your life, big one that's a wall for the Holy Spirit not to come in. It's a big wall that I don't get free because I'm holding unforgiveness to, pe to people around me. And you have to ask the Holy Spirit because sometimes we convince ourselves, oh, I forgave that person. Well, what happens when that person walks in the room? No, that's the test. Believe me, that's how I test myself. If that person came walking in the room right now, would I be okay? Or would bells go off in me? If your father, who you haven't seen for your whole life, walked in the room, would your bells go off? It's quiet. Y'all get quiet on me. No, it's real. Right? So we have to get real. We have to get real with ourselves. 
We have to be present. Present. Okay. You must also do verse 14. But above all things, put on what? Love. Which is the bond of what? Perfection. So if I put on love, it moves me into a place of maturity. Because perfection is maturity. It's not being perfect. You'll make mistakes. But it's walking in a place of maturity. That means I'm mature. That when things come at me, listen, and, and, and things hit me, what comes out of me? Does love come out of me? Or does bitterness or, or when I get put in a corner door, am I deceitful to try and get out of it? Let me tell you what deceit is. Deceit's telling people, I'm okay with you and you're not. It's deceitful. Our hearts are deceitful sometimes. You hearing me? Oh, this is more pastoral than I thought. Verse 15. Let the peace of God rule, umpire, your hearts. Let the peace of God umpire your hearts, to which also you are called to one body, and what? He finishes it with this. Be thankful. That's the home run. Because if I can swing it out of the park, I'm thankful for everything, right? I don't start looking at what I don't have. I walk in peace because I know what I have and I know that I'm, I'm walking in blameless, a blameless life. I'm walking in holiness. I'm walking in purity. I'm walking with a pure heart before people. Come on. And I don't have anything. I don't have aught against anyone. And like John's, like uh, in John's gospel, when, he's, when Jesus came to Nathaniel and read his mail, he says, ah, there's no guile in this guy. And Jesus said this, you know what? The enemy has nothing in me. He has no way to get in. So when all these things are out of the way, listen to me. The enemy doesn't have a way to bring fear. The enemy doesn't have a way to bring chaos. The enemy doesn't have a way to bring all of a sudden assaults against your mind and your life. If there's an open door of unforgiveness, if there's an open door of of whatever. Fear. Fear is a big one. And God wants us to walk in this, this, this purity. So the power from on high, and then this, as we move all those things away, right, we clothe ourselves with love, ready, the Holy Spirit's coming like this to give us the power from on high. And again, I said all these things, I don't, I don't do anything to get the Holy Spirit, I get the Holy Spirit for free. But the Holy Spirit If we're spirit-filled believers, all these things I just said should be a fruit in our lives. You hear me? Because there is a place. Now, God wants to give you the ability. He wants to release the dunamis power on your life. But we we send, as I said before, there's things that we hold back. We put walls up. We can't get through. I I need a breakthrough. Why do you need a breakthrough? Because we're we're not flowing with the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, we were not created to go from breakthrough to breakthrough. We weren't. Glory to glory and strength to strength. It's the glory that we want to live from. It's the glory. It's the place where God's glory is on us and flowing through us. Christ in you. 
the hope of glory. That's the Holy Spirit, the glory of God, abiding inside of you. And he says this, if you abide in me, I'm going to abide in you. It means more than, ah, we, don't, we read scripture and then you read scripture, right? If you abide in me, my words abide in you. He wants the living word to abide inside of you so that you don't trip and you don't stumble. The problem is we call 17 people to intercede for us and God said, take care of it on your own. I'll get in trouble for that probably later. No, because I really feel like this. We're telling everyone our business and I don't have a problem with asking people for prayer. Don't, you're, you're misinterpreting that if you're thinking I'm, I'm saying anything like that. But I want us to be in a place where I'm, listen, I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. I have confidence that he's got my back. I, I'm telling you, he has, he has so got your back as you abide in him and as you walk with him. Well, why? I don't see the fruit of it. I don't see things happening like I want them to happen because God has a purpose at the end of it. And I don't care if it's sickness displacement of uh, your kids are out in this doing whatever or or you or whatever it could be god wants us to be in a place where we're abiding in him and he it says seek first me don't seek first the things of me seek first me my kingdom because he's the king of the kingdom and all these other things will be added and so that's that's just where we're going to go so your ability, your ability. He's going to give you an ability. And the ability comes from the Holy Spirit. The ability comes from God. We get it mixed up because we're trying to take control. This is why I say we ask people, pray, pray for this, pray for that. I, I, I have people all the time, and, and it's okay. Like, but if the Holy Spirit prays a prayer through me, and I don't know any information... Or anyone else in the room. Because that's what I used to do. You know, that we, if we have prayer, prayer teams and stuff like that, what happens is people come and they spill their stuff. And they want you to pray for their stuff. And I'm not, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Please, don't misinterpret me. It's okay in the place. But it's better off if you just have people come forward and if they want information, they're asked. But what happens is we spend 24 minutes telling people what's happening in our lives and we don't even get prayer. You get a five-minute prayer on 24 minutes of you telling people what's going on. Ready? Prayer training 101. Don't do that. Right? We want people to be able to be open, but in the same note, God has knowledge. Ready? What, is, what do we receive when we receive the Holy Spirit? We receive ability. Mic drop, but it's on my head. You receive ability. The Holy Spirit gives you ability to do what? To know things. To see things. To have words of wisdom. To have words of knowledge. To prophesy. To work miracles. Wait. 
work miracles. Gift, gifts of healing. Gifts of faith. I'm not going to worry about the seven spirits of God right now because if we can get the gifts going, we'll be good enough, all right? Let's just get the gifts flowing. I mean, it's better if I have the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of might and the spirit of knowledge. I want all that, right? I want to be connected with the Holy Spirit. But now what we want to do is we want to get deep with God and we don't want the gifts. You all right? We're a Pentecostal, charismatic body of believers that walk clothed, endowed with power. That means the, let, let me just say this. Forget my notes at this point. Look it, put your hands right here. This is, this is really where your spirit man is. This is. At least where I feel like my spirit man is, is like right here, right? Alrighty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you all off on this right now. But there's a turbine that God wants to empower right here. There's a turbine, like a, a wheel within a wheel. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, it actually circles the throne of God. And it actually moves the, the throne of God around. Are you tracking with me? No, you're not. Some of you are like, where is he going? Listen, there's a, there's, a, there's a wheel within a wheel. There's a movement of the Holy Spirit within you that's moving and flowing, and he wants to actually let the wind turbine. He wants the wind of the Spirit to blow on that thing and to kickstart it so that you're generating power inside of you. What's the power for? For this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy, to eradicate, to totally kick in the teeth the works of the devil. Why are you here? Well, there's no warfare. No, we're in the glory. No, there's war, I promise you. And so God is looking for you to be charged up, empowered, and really stuck in the flow of heaven. Not just for a moment, but living there. And so tongues are one thing, okay? Because I know people that speak in tongues that we don't walk in power. So power, tongues. I'll take power and tongues. How's that? I like tongues. I like speaking in tongues. I, because why? It edifies me. The Bible says it stirs up my, my faith. It stirs up. If I jolt through the book of, Joe, uh, of Jude, right? It says that it stirs up your faith. How many need more faith in the room? Yeah. God has given us each a measure of faith 
But when I come into agreement with the Holy Spirit and I begin to pray the prayers of the Holy Spirit, because he knows what? He, he knows what to pray and I don't know what to pray. Yes. Bible says when I pray in the Holy Spirit, I pray mysteries. Yes. And so the mystery of heaven wants to be praying through you. Except we're trying to wrap our minds around it. Right? We try to wrap our minds around it. And God wants us to just step in with a fresh, fresh anointing and just believe the Lord. Ready? Acts 1.14. They continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. How does this all happen? Through prayer. How does anything in the kingdom happen? Through prayer and supplication. How do, how do we engage with the Lord? Through prayer. How do I become a, a better friend with Jesus the Father, and the Holy Spirit. Prayer. There's no other way. Prayer and the Word. I mean, obviously the Word. That's a given, okay? But it's prayer. And we, get, we have to shake off. That's why that if, out of Ephesians where it said, wake up. We want to walk in a place, God, wherever there's prayer, I am. I'm going to put a punch for Wednesday night because we had such a powerful time on Wednesday and, the, and the, spirit, the spirit uttered at the end, like everyone just gave thanks. It was so good. Everyone gave thanksgiving. Every single person. And I'm telling you, there was power in it. And I'll say to you even what, what I felt like the Lord was speaking. God is about to restore things in your life. And it's going to come out of that place of gratitude and thanksgiving. The more I'm thankful, the more it generates the grace of God on my life. What does the grace of God do? It empowers me to do everything. What does the grace do? It releases the power of the Holy Spirit over my life. So prevailing, there is keys to prevailing prayer. How many want to prevail in prayer? You don't want a prayer life that's not prevailing. I want a life that's prevailing, that's erupting, that's moving things in the supernatural because that's what prayer does. And what's happened to the church is we become prayerless. There's lots of prayer movements, but usually the local bodies are like sleepy in prayer. And that's not this place. And God is going to do it, whether it's 15 or 20 or 30 or however many. But I'm telling you, we can, you know, it would be better if there was strength in prayer, like more people be, and participated and engaged. But I can't twist people's arms. So it's, this is what we want to do. The keys. First, continuing. Right? Acts 1.14. I'm giving you another sermon on a sermon. Continuing. That means I hold fast. I endure. I, I, I stand I stand perpetually ready. It means I'm always ready, continually. I'm readying myself. I persevere in, continuing. This is what the church did. They continued. We're modeling, what we want to do is model ourselves after the book of Acts. Why? Well, the book of Acts is, you know, it was in the past. No, no. What I believe is coming is going to be greater than what we saw in Acts 1 and 2, all the way through 28, and when it said... God did amazing things. But I believe this. I believe that we are living in the book of Acts, the Acts of the modern-day church. 
the acts of the Holy Spirit in New England. Come on, can we write another chapter in the book? I'm not adding. We know what happens to people that add. Not good. Do you understand what I'm saying? I want to write history with God. So continuing, that means you've got to hold fast to. What does that mean? I believe in prayer and I'm going to continue in it. I'm going to continue in it at home, in my private, in my secret place. I'm going to continue in it in a corporate setting when things are like, because sometimes, listen, I have to drag people into the place. I'm good at stewarding the presence of God. I know that. I'm not saying that haughty. I know that I, I can pull. I can pull people in with me. But what would be better, the greater thing, is that if everyone was just like wild lions, and they were just hungry, and they just moved into the glory. And we, you know, and there's expectation. So you have to continue with expectation. You have to continue per- persisting in expecting God to show up. But we get churchy. And we get into dead works. And we show up and we, we warm our seat. And then we go home. I'm not talking to this church. You understand? And so continuing what? In one accord. So all those things that I said previously about Colossians and holding stuff towards one another and not communicating with one another and we want to have good communication skills and we want to be honest and we want to use honesty tools but no one uses them. But God wants you in one accord. So how do you become in one accord? You have to use all those things, all the tools that God gives you to communicate with one another clearly so that you're not offending one another, right? And then in prayer, we push in in one accord because there's nothing worse than murky water when you're going into a place of prayer. So honestly, I'd rather pray with 15, 20 people that are on track and moving together than 50 or 2,000. Hello. Do you understand? Because we want to see God's presence come and baptize us fresh. And so all, any time in times past, we've seen revivals explode in, in the first and second great awakening and in, in Cane Ridge, any, any place. It always started with prayer. In the Welch revival, it started with a prayer meeting. In Azusa Street, it started with a prayer meeting. They were in one accord. Says that Seymour, when he took the box off of his head, the glory would go. Help me, make me not put a box on my head. Do you understand what I'm saying? That as long as we are engaged with the Lord together, it's going to be amazing. So, in one accord means being one mind, united together as one. Psalm 133, 1 and 2, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. What? There's oil. There's there's favor. There's an oil that flows down. And it releases a commanded blessing. Commanded. A commanded blessing. Right? So they continued in one accord in what? Prayer. Intercessory prayer. Faith and true prayer. What's faith and true prayer? It's something different than just showing up. Yeah. 
and checking out. Something different than showing up to church and being on my phone texting the whole time. Something different than that. Something different. Supplications means plea, prayer, requests, petitions. It's you want to petition the Lord. Why do we have to? We don't have to get all emotional. No, I think we need to get emotional. It's okay. Ephesians 6 and 18 says, Praying always with all prayers and supplications in the Spirit. So there's something that happens by the Spirit of God that God is looking to pull us into. I'm all t- I'm, this is all gravitating back towards, where were they? They were in one accord, in one place. They were petitioning the Lord together, and they would not stop. And I don't know, if we did a lockdown for 10 days, what would happen? Well, most of us don't have a schedule that can do that, right? No, seriously. That's why we even, like... Plan revival. We'll just do Thursday to Sunday. Plan it. Plan the conference. Sunday, you know, Thursday to Sunday. And I get it. Because people go, oh, the conference is that weekend. I'll take work off. You know, those types of things. And I get it. But I'm saying, if, what, if, what if the church was just open in the morning for prayer? 5 a.m.? I say that now. I'll be walking by myself in here, <laughs> I, which I don't care. I'll be, be me and Joe. It'll be me and Joe. I'm not knocking you down. Hebrews 5 and 7. Oh, let me just finish that. Being watchful to the end. Being watchful to the end. What does that even look like? Being watchful to the end. With all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. If you came in here and just prayed for the church, these 60 people that are in here, or whatever it is, right, what would happen if we just did intercession for the body? God transformed lives. God transformed minds. God changed, you know, call all the, all the people that they know that don't know you to come back to the Lord. If we just did that, I'm getting off base because it's the Holy Spirit and fire. And God wants us to be in this place, right? Hebrews 5 and, 7, 5 and 7 says, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with venomous cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death, was heard because of his godly fear. Speaking of who? Jesus And so the baptism that I'm talking about, I spoke all these things on prayer because God wants us to press in like that into prayer, to receive a fresh baptism. Because it's always been, okay, I'm going to come by, we're going to pray, and I'm going to shout at tongues at you until you do what, I, what, I'm, what I'm doing. You're mimicking me. I don't know about you, but when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was fire. I don't know about anyone in this room, and it's, been, and it's been fire upon fire upon fire upon fire. Every time I can plug in and say, God, I need more. And so what we're asking for is the flame of God. God, will you, will you endow me and clothe me 
with all of who you are so that I can walk in the fullness of who you are, so that I can walk in all the gifts of the Spirit and all the fruits of the Spirit. Or fruits and gifts, however you want to do it. It would actually be better if I had perfect love moving through me and then I could flow with perfection, maturity in every gift. So we'll ask for a baptism of love tonight and power. How many know they're one and the same? Hmm. What is the baptism? What is the baptism? Are you guys doing all right? Yes. Are you learning something? Hopefully we're learning something. What is the baptism of the whole? What is it? What is it? What is it for? Why do I need it? Why do I want it? Because I want the three persons of the Godhead living inside of me. <laughs> That's a scary thought. But don't you want that? Don't you want all of God inside of you? Here's the thing about the Holy Ghost. He was given to us to empower us on the earth, but that we would have the full guarantee, the seal, the deposit, however we want to put it, of him inside of us. And then that groan from Romans 8 would come out of us, that when we pray, things would begin to, that, that turbine that I talked about would begin to move. And heaven would begin to move inside of me. And as I pray, heaven begins to just all of a sudden release out of me. And I don't understand it, but I know that God's doing something in me, right? And so, so it's, it's about that. But it's to energize, it's to anoint. Everyone say it's to anoint. You want to be anointed with power and energized by him to do special things. I don't know about you, but I want to do the, the greater works that Jesus desires for us. What is the baptism? It's the promise from the Father. What did he say? He said, I want to give you good gifts. It's his desire to give you the good stuff. And his spirit is part of that, right? So your life as a believer will be yielded in a sudden, everyone say sudden. Because really, by, when, I, when I read about Pentecost, it happened suddenly. 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 Not I coerce you into it, but suddenly. A true baptism of the Holy Spirit happens suddenly. Right? I've heard testimonies of people waking up out of the sleep. All of a sudden, prayed for the night before, prayed for at a meeting. They wake up speaking in tongues in bed, like out of a dead sleep. Baptism of fire. The third thing is it's a gift. Acts 2.38 says, repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin that 
you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So we already did it. And it's to be a witness. The power to be a witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To live a spirit-filled life in union with him. The power to overcome. The ability to do greater works. All these things. And to be a witness to what? Invade hell and populate heaven. Question is who wants to invade hell? I think I overloaded you. So we're going to ask Father right now. I love how the fact that they went to the upper room. It's a good name for a church. It's already taken. They continued in what? One accord and in prayer and in supplication. Let me just tell you this. Before they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, ready? It's just an observation. Judas had committed suicide, and they were looking for another apostle. How many ever heard any works of Matthias? None. Zero. Who's the twelfth apostle? Paul. Yeah. I just I just want us to make a, a just an observation that before they had the Holy Spirit, they made a decision. Say distracted. They were distracted. I realized that they were distracted. I don't know how I pulled it out of there. I just all of a sudden made an observation, thinking, you know what? Matthias was an afterthought. The Bible says that they cast lots. Might as well be throwing dice to pick an apostle. How many know they needed the Holy Spirit? How many know you made decisions throwing dice before? How many know as we throw stuff at the wall and see if it'll stick sometimes? We do it all the time. The Lord wants to come here and he wants to be speaking by his voice. Later on in the scriptures, in the, in the book of Acts, it says that they, they were fasting and praying. The prophets. It was before they were all called apostles, actually. It says they set apart. These are the first sent ones. Paul and Barnabas. I'm saying all this because the Holy Spirit wants us to be moving with wisdom, eternal wisdom. Not our own wisdom. How, many, how do I know that I get eternal wisdom? I ask the Holy Spirit. Listen, he's designed you to be a funnel for heaven. He's designed you that you are a power generator for the kingdom of God. 
I promise you, he gave Christ so that he would die and rise again for our salvation and that we would walk in the same resurrection power that he walked in. He went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Every one of them. I've only seen rooms cleared one time in my life. It wasn't in America. It was overseas. Every condition healed. I'm saying that to us tonight because we need God's power. And I know we're doing great. I know God's moving here. I sense his presence. I sense his favor. I sense a lot of things. I sense a lot of good things in the the kingdom. But I'm telling you, I am not waiting to just be satisfied with a little bit. And I want us to be in a position, even tonight, God, release. You guys help me out. We're going to come and we're going to continue to just 